Tom Scott. Well, thank you everyone um, for attending this week's MediaWorks and MWI Digital Masterclass. Um, thanks for, for attending and listening. Um, just again, just to repeat for anyone who's just joining, if you've got any questions for the panelists, please pop it in the in the QA section on your screen. So today's topic, uh, well, it's it's M, it's the podcast number 110. Um, so if you haven't listened to the previous ones, you can find that on all major platforms. Um, today's topic's about uh, being masters of search and blending tech, data, and creativity to drive your traffic, awareness, and conversions. So we all know um, SEO is an incredibly important topic for marketers. It isn't a single destination. Um, we don't get there and we're, we're happy. It's an ongoing journey. We're fighting against competitive threats uh, in constantly changing conditions. Um, and, you know, when you look at some of the metrics, you know, I think think with Google have said that 89% of customers' uh, buying processes start with search. You know, we've got a, around about 170 billion um, searches per month going on globally. Um, and 95% of clicks go to the first four uh, positions on the search engine results page. So driving awareness for your products and your services um, and driving uh, engagement for your brand um, is, is critical when it comes to, to SEO. So just a quick introduction, I'm Group Marketing Director uh, Chris Coulson. We have um, MediaWorks SEO Director Alistair Haig. Would you like to say hello, Alistair? How are you doing? You all right? Good. And um, we also have um, uh, MediaWorks Digital PR Director, Christian Sarasola, too. Thank you, Chris. Morning, everyone. Morning, Chris. So let's kick things off. Um, I think, you know, we're going to take you through the building blocks of SEO, um, really start quite simply, and then delve into it hopefully a little bit so Alistair I suppose starting with you when we're considering SEO performance where would you start what sort of benchmarking would you consider a, a, a business to take when looking at SEO yeah so the, yeah you start with your benchmarking so you take a baseline of where you currently are with your website where you are in the rankings you take a look at Google and you see um, where you're going to build from um, and we break it down into well, we've got five, maybe five or six categories that are the key things that we'd probably look at. Um, start with a couple of the obvious ones. Um, keywords. Uh, the way that we talk about keywords internally is we cluster them together and we use categories. Um, however, the way that uh, people will often talk back to us is just single keywords. So what we'll do is we'll see where a website uh, currently sits um, for the keywords they're looking to, to target. Um, and where it sits with the keywords they'd like to target. Uh, we then cluster them together um, and kind of benchmark where they all sit, and we take an average uh, average position for, the, for those clusters. Um, we can do this a number of different ways. Um, there's some great like online tools that you can use to, uh, to help you out with it. Um, I mean, you don't want to manually search for each keyword. That'd be, that'd be ridiculous and incredibly time-consuming. So... Uh, Ahrefs is a really popular one. Uh, search metrics. Uh, Favorite of mine is uh, SEM Rush. Um, you know, just to start to establish that baseline. Um, all these tools will also identify the keywords that you're missing out on. Um, I've sat with a lot of clients over the years, and they've told me what the keywords are, and a lot of the time they are mistaken. So, not all keywords are the same. Um, some keywords are informational, some keywords are commercial. They're great. They, they stick people in the top of the funnel. And if you've got other bits and pieces going on, retargeting, for instance, they're great. Uh, however, the, the bottom of the funnel stuff, the, uh, the kind of the navigational and the, the kind of brand and transactional keywords, these are often keywords that aren't just a single term. They can be long tail. And they're often ones that people miss out on. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity there to to really explore what, what keywords will actually make you money, not just get your impressions, because you know we're in the business of making money and driving leads. Um, so we don't just want to get clicks. We want, you know, we want the we want the money. So, so we're after. Um, so 
it's also worth at this point getting um, a good idea of what your competitors' keywords are. Um, there's a reason why they'll be doing what they're doing. Um, you might be a challenger brand looking to, to expand and grow. Um, so look at the big boys and see how they're doing it. Um, and there's all the tools that I mentioned previously can really help you get there. Uh, next thing I'd look at probably would be uh, your technical um, setup of your website. So that's things like uh, core web vitals, uh, which include site speed. So page experience, that, that kind of stuff in simple terms. Um, redirects, historic redirects, that, that kind of stuff. All the, the really technical stuff you probably employ a, a technical SEO to look at. Um, and again, we've got loads of tools that can do all that sort of stuff. Um, internally, we have a 29-point check um, that we go through to, to establish a baseline for a website. Um, and we can then forward that onto a development team to fix or we can implement some of the changes ourselves. Um, but a lot of these tools that we use are, are available to everyone else to use. And, and sometimes they just think it's going to be really confusing or, or difficult to use. One of the, there's, there's two probably two tools I'd jump on here and have a look at if, you, if you're interested in doing this. One is a tool that's built into Chrome itself, um, the Page Inspector. You've got your Lighthouse, um, which is one of the options. You right-click on a website if you're in Chrome, uh, inspect the site, and, and there's an option called Lighthouse. If you click on that, you can then run like a report on your desktop version of your website or a mobile version. Um, that can be really useful because it breaks down all the tasks that you need to fix. Some of them might then get a little bit confusing, but, but at least you get an idea. Another one um, that's not used very often, but it's a particular favourite of mine because it makes me feel special when I look at it. Um, it's called GT Metrics. Uh, GT Metrics will show me my website loading and it will show me you know, the different steps and what loads when. So particularly for the new Core Web Vital stuff, um, I can... I can clearly see what's loaded and when I get a little video afterwards, I can then share with clients or I can share with an internal team or developers or whatever it might be. So that's mega useful. So have a, have a look at that one. It's GT metrics. Um, the next thing we do, um, we look at the site's organic visibility um, and it's indexation. Um, a really simple way of indexation is use a search operator. So use uh, Google your, your domain. So put into Google uh, site colon and then, your domain name and it will a number will appear underneath it will show all the searches in google but it will just show your pages on there so it'll show you how many thousands of pages that google has indexed and crawled of your website and that if you look into if you look into baseline seo projects and we're going to be building out pages and growing the site it's worth seeing how many thousands of pages or how many hundreds of pages you actually are currently are currently indexed um so so take a look at that and then organic visibility um you can kind of go back to your keywords again you can sort of say Right, you know, what is our average um, our average ranking uh, right now? And then what do we, you know, where's it going to be in uh, in six months? Because typically SEO takes a while and you know, six months is probably a reasonable amount of time. And yeah. Alistair, on that, would you, would you be looking at your own Google Analytics? Because I think, you know, what we've said here is select the keywords that you think you want to target, make sure your website's technically optimized, and then start looking at that visibility. Would you look in Google Analytics as well, just to understand the makeup of the traffic that your site's driving? Yeah, so about 2015, Google, I think it might have been a bit earlier, actually, Google ruined it for everyone. So they used to record organic keywords uh, in Google, maybe 2012, thinking about it. But, yeah, back then, 10 years ago, let's say. Um, and we used to be able to see search terms come through, um, which was great in analytics. Um, we then started to sort of lean on Google Search Console, GSC, to look for keywords, but they tend to be really heavily, heavily uh, focused on branded keywords. We weren't bothered about that. So now we have to, unfortunately, go back to tools like Ahrefs, SEMrush, just to focus on that. So uh, analytics is great to kind of, get a baseline of where where all your traffic is but what you can do you don't really need to take a baseline within your analytics because you can always go in the time machine go back to a certain date and see what your conversion rates were your click-through rates were at a certain date so typically we kind of go to different tools to find uh find out what our organic um our organic baseline search metrics is a great one for it so so try that um something else and uh, so there's, there's a couple of other bits probably one core core element on this would be your, your backlink profile. Um, that's why Google was invented. This is how it worked. Uh, used to really value the amount of, of good backlinks you were getting. I'm going to come on to a little bit more detail about uh, about 
like referring links a bit later. Um, but it's a good idea to get a, a, a kind of baseline of your profile at the moment, see how many links you've got coming into your site from how many domains, uh, how many in total, uh, take a good look at your competition, see how many they've got coming into, into themselves. Uh, again, I'll try not to ruin my bit for a bit later, but um, you really, it's, it's really worthwhile taking a look at your uh, your competitors' um, links because there's no reason at all why you can't copy you know a lot of those. But we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, yeah, the last few bits and pieces that I I like to look at um, and I like to keep a note of, although you can kind of use uh, GA Google Analytics and go back, would be your click through rate and conversion rate. Obviously, SEO. And, and all your other marketing activities will be looking at um, driving people from those search from those searches on Google to your website. Click through rate is important. You want a high click through rate, or as high as possible. Something like eight to ten is great. Um, and then your conversion rate is people um, then converting into into customers. To, you know, taking the actions that you want on your website, buying something, becoming a lead, filling in a form, whatever it might be. So I always like to keep an eye on them at the start um, and make sure that we are, um, you know, baselined against those. <clears throat> And that's probably that probably covers off your first um the first part first of your, your benchmarking yeah yeah so so a lot to absorb then we dive straight into the the detail which is fantastic so i suppose from a marketer's perspective you, what you're saying alistair is look at the keywords that you want to target your products and services are probably the 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 first terms that you're looking at then you're looking at maybe and they would be more transactional, would probably define them as transactional search terms. There, there is an element, sorry, just to go, but there is an element there that you don't just want to be, um, you don't just want to target your transactional keywords. Sometimes it's important to educate your customers as well. Um, I've worked in a lot of industries, particularly like healthcare, when they release new products that you want to actually educate people. And then as part of the education, they then turn into like paying customers or they turn into leads. So educational keywords um, uh, and the informational stuff can be really, really important, particularly if you've got other bits and pieces going on. I think I'm briefly said retargeting. If you get someone on your website, then you can retarget them on social or, or via a different platform. Uh, happy days. So, so yeah, we sh we don't overlook those words. It's just we know we we know which keywords convert well. Um, yeah. So the, the first step is looking at different types of keywords. Don't just limit it to the transactional products and yeah, services. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a Sounds like a case of priority. You prioritize probably your products yeah. and services, your most profitable. Then you start looking at like different audiences in your market view. So that's your step one. Yeah. And then making sure that your your platforms, your, your website is technically optimized because we'll get into that in a little bit, but that's yeah. becoming more and more important for search engines now. Check your visibility, we've said, um, on some of those key search terms to make sure what share of market and visibility you've got. And then I know, you know, it can be debated how important link building is, but um, it is it is sort of critical. So that's your, your next part and benchmarking yourself against your competitors in the marketplace. Christian, as far as, as, far as a PR perspective goes, would there be anything that you'd look at benchmarking um, where your share of voices in the market on some key topics? Yeah, I, I think to, to sort of chime with with, with Alistair, that, that there are a couple of elements, even at this early point, I, I think when we're sort of building good SEO campaigns is, is that that competitor analysis is, is really, really interesting and kind of not only, you know, if we're working with a particular client um, and, and kind of digital PR can, can almost have more uses and, and we'll, we'll get into that, but Certainly, that that sort of um, branded branded search and then share of that search as well, when compared to to some of your competitors, it'd be really it's, they're they're really really interesting things to look at. If we're um, you know if the, if we're working with a um, a particular client who um, you know maybe wants that kind of um, amplification of their brand, um, it's interesting always to have a look at kind of who you know who they're up against in their field really to see. What share they, they they kind of might currently have because that that gives us a, a really really interesting benchmark. It's like kind of in isolation that can work, and we can you know we can look at kind of increase in branded search by sort of 15, 20, 30 percent, whatever it may be. But actually, how much is that then eating into the, the kind of the share of the the bigger pie? Um, it's always a it's always a nice thing to start looking at from the off, really. 
Yeah, I think that's it, hasn't it? You've got brand and search, then you've got some of the key topics going on in your own marketplace, which is going to be unique to each different industry. And then do you have a share of voice or are you ranking there? Um, that's a, an important part. Cool. So I suppose the, the next sort of area, so we've got benchmarking, that's phase one. We've gone through each different area. I suppose the next step is that that technical excellence and optimization that you talked about earlier on there, Alistair. I suppose your website and your, your web presence is the, is the vehicle that's going to take you to the top of search and making sure that that's revved up and optimized quite nicely is, is quite important. And um, what would you what would you look at first when you're looking at tech, technical optimization for your website? Maybe not first, but definitely look at in some order. Um, I wrote a statement down for this that I'm going to read and then I'm going to go through because I knew you are going to ask me this question. Okay. Uh, and then hopefully it'll all make sense once I've explained it. Uh, technical excellence in SEO is the process of ensuring that on-site elements of a web page are configured to maximize the organic visibility in a search engine. This includes being sure that the website can be found and crawled easily, has internal has an internal link architecture best fitting the user experience and entity classification. Right. Couldn't so, even t- I couldn't even tell you were reading that out, Alistair. <laughs> no. I was looking down, I was concentrating. It's not like reading to my kids. That was starting to spin. Right. Uh, so I'm just going to go through it again and just pick up on a few bits of it because I think it's quite relevant. So uh, technical excellence in SEO is a person ensuring that the on-site elements. So what are on-site elements? That's kind of a, a key a key thing to it. So when we're talking about on-site elements, we're talking about things like how fast the website loads, what order things load in. Uh, schema stuff. Uh, schema is a... Um, uh, like a language that we input into a website that allows Google to interpret the data on the website in a much clearer fashion. Uh, it produces what we call rich search results. So you might see if, you, if you've had, for instance, uh, a recipe, you might see it appearing like a recipe stack in your Google search if you're searching for how to make spaghetti bolognese or something like that. So who needs to search for that? But if you do, it, it's, it's in there. Um, so yeah, the stuff like that, um, page metadata, title tags, that kind of thing. That's your that's your on-site elements. Um, so uh, we ensure that web page is configured to maximise organic organic visibility. Now I've touched on organic organic visibility already. Organic visibility is kind of where where you sit in the rankings uh, in comparison to other people. It's, it's always worth you know harking back to your benchmarking and looking at that. This also includes this also includes being sure that the website can be found and crawled easily. Uh, get asked what crawled is a lot. Obviously, I'm. Working in SEO, I'm a right laugh at parties and stuff like that. When people ask what I do, they, they gloss over and they move away. But I do try my very best to force them into listening to what I'm saying because I love it and, and they should too, in my opinion. Uh, so one of the elements is like crawling. Well, how does that, what is that? What's that all about? Um, so Google uh, and other search engines, and historically when I started doing this, there was loads of like random search engines, web crawl or this piece like that, and web crawl is probably very relevant to this. So they, they design uh, algorithms that crawl and bots and spiders and stuff that crawl, crawl the web, uh, crawl the internet, the world wide web, um, and they look for URLs and they look for uh, sitemaps. And a sitemap is often a, a structure of your website, so it tells Google, let's say, because 90% of the people are on Google, um, tells Google where all the pages are on your website. But it's it needs a what we call a robot TXT file to kind of interpret that data. So imagine your sitemap is your map and your robots file is your sat-nav that's actually interpreting the data and telling it where to go. And then we can use robots for all sorts of clever and complicated stuff if we need to crawl budgets and, and lots of other speculative terms that there's no point in talking about here. Um, and then the, the final part of my statement, sorry if I'm taking up too much time with all this, um, <laughs> is the uh, internal link architecture. It, some people think this matters more than y- your keywords and your um, and your link building. Um, maybe not me, but I, I do I do listen to their opinions. Um, the the internal link architecture is how how you, you your customer experience on your website. So how they navigate around. They want to get lost down a certain blind alleyway they want to be able to easily navigate your website and if they can if a, if a human can easily navigate your website then google can easily navigate your website so your internal architecture is really important to how a user uses your website 
there's, there's all sorts of um, different bits and pieces and methods um, to do that. But typically, um, you would just take a take a, a test. You do some uh, user acceptance testing and um, and make sure that the structure you've set up works. Um, you, there used to be a method that you don't want to be Google won't look at anything that's three three links away from your your homepage. That's probably not true anymore, but that, historically that was the case. So you can kind of branch out and go into these silos and pillars and stuff like that that we, that we kind of do nowadays. Um, that that's kind of covers off um, technical excellence, hopefully. There's, that it's one of those things that I could talk about for ages. You would all gloss over and leave, and it's really boring from, from sometimes from a technical standpoint. Other SEOs love talking about it. Developers less so, but we all like... Yeah. nerding out about it so it, it's just something that there's no point in me uh rabbiting on about for too long so i'll stop myself i just had a picture in my head of all the people around you at the party starting to drink faster when you yeah. got in the robot txt files yeah. um, but yeah like i think it's really really important you know you you might be working in a business where you have your own web dev team or it's outsourced but i think it's often overlooked isn't it the importance of how your this this vehicle for your search engine uh, results page, how it's optimized. And I think marketers have to be interested in it. They either have to be managing it or consulting on it or certainly auditing it. So what we've talked about there is, you know, I think there's a lot of content management systems out there now that are tracking it all the time, who, who that can measure how well your site is set up and make sure you've got those on-site elements correctly making sure that you've got the site map is obviously critical for when you the um the search engine crawls through your website to index it properly because yes. that is that's critical and then redirects hours uh you know when you're doing a website migration i don't know how many times we see um huge companies will move and launch a new website without um, putting a mail redirect on. I've done it when I've moved house a couple of times yeah. and I've lost a huge amount of mail. It's exactly the same with traffic, isn't it? You need to make yeah. sure those redirects are all right as well. Um, yeah. In historic um, redirects. I'm not, not talking about migrations because that is another masterclass. Yes. That's a whole other series in itself, but in, internal linking, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I suppose, so that's technically optimization of your website. Yeah. You know, just to touch on really quickly as well, there's a lot of, um, I don't think I'm fast forwarding here, but, the, you know, we know that search engines, certainly Google, I think Panda came out, was it 12 or 15 years ago now? There's a lot of great hairs on this. this uh, then there was Penguin. There was Pigeon, wasn't there? There was Google Local. Google Pigeon was released. So there's a lot that have came out. Recently, um, I know we've had something called Core Web Vitals. So yep. Google brought out these three measures of your website, a little bit like a human's um, vitals. It measured three key things, and they kind of bedded that in now. I think there's seven measures around page signals. So just for, for the guys on the call, if you haven't looked at Google page signals, have a look at that. It's built in, the measures are built in the like web tools, in the Google Lighthouse, in the page speed. But these are kind of seven measures that search engines are starting to look to measure how customer-friendly your website is. And this isn't just impacting, you know, how fast you can move through your website. It also impacts how they rank you. Is it worth just touching on that for a moment, page signals and how I'm you not, can... Yeah, I'm not going too deep into it because I think we've actually done last class about this before but yeah. I'll briefly touch on kind of the whys and the philosophies of why google does that so google 25 years old is now mature enough to to kind of start to look at your website like look at your website as a whole and think about how how it's used by a human it can mock being a human i guess now a human would use it and the way it does that is called mobiles and page signals um so it's the page it's the whole on-page experience about how they can um how, how, how a user would you uh, actually use your website and and they need to kind of make this available to to us as, as SEO and as, as developers to, to be able to improve that experience and the way they did that they came up with uh, core web vitals um, there's a lot of complicated terminology within core web vitals that again it pains me to say it, some of it goes ever slightly over my head at times and um, although I try my best 
Um, I, th- I think all I feel would say say that as well. To be fair, so it's really confusing, but we get there. And then, but it's all designed to improve a user's experience on your website and to tell us how to improve and how to improve that user's experience. And once we see that, we can we can make the changes. And and if we, if you if you if you make those changes that Google tells you to, you're in turn going to rank better. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to rank higher all the time, but you're going to improve that visibility um, across the board. So it's really important that you actually follow those signals and you make those technical changes to improve that that page experience great fantastic so that that's a good measure from a customer's perspective to have a look at your website or web page um, and measure that so step one you've benchmarked yourself when you're looking at seo um, and you've benchmarked your competitors so you know you know, in, the, in this competitive marketplace, you can select maybe some of the categories that you want to target and you understand where you're strong and where you're weak. And um, then you've looked at your, your the foundation of your SEO, which is your website. You've optimized that. You made sure it's fast. You've made sure it's interactive. It's easy to navigate. And you've done all those on-site elements, the internal architecture, et cetera. You've set that up you're happy you've got a solid foundation i suppose the next step is putting in those programs in place to increase your visibility and increase your relevant visibility um is it worth just you know taking us through through that how you'd approach it at a at a high level okay so yeah we talked about that we've done the we've done the 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 technical stuff and we've kind of let's say we've done some of the on-page stuff so now we're going to do the off-page stuff. So now we're going to start telling people that the website exists, uh, which is really important. Uh, so we do what's called link building or, or outreach, or there's many other terms for it, and there's many different techniques we can cover off here. Now, this has been going on since since day one of Google. Google was originally called Backrub because you used to give each other a backrub, in essence, I guess. Share links with one another, improve it, uh, validate each other. Backlinks are, are, as we all know, are votes, um, and it's not like an election. Votes have diff- different websites have different power and provide different levels of link juice to to your website. Um, so, more credible websites provide uh, a better link back to you than a, than a website you created yesterday. So, so that's why um, link building should be as natural as possible. Um, because if you build a website, if I build a website yesterday and I try to produce loads of links to my uh, to my website that I want to rank really well, uh, Google's going to see what you're up to and actually penalise you. So it's not just a zero impact; it's a minus impact. So, so we do things as naturally as possible because this is that's how the Google way should be. You should just be naturally naturally building out links. People should be sharing content, sharing your content, and linking back to your website or, uh, organically. Um, we don't live in a perfect world, so unfortunately, we do need to slightly manipulate the system in a, in a very natural way, um, which is where link building comes in and outreach comes in. Um, and there are um, plenty of techniques. You could Google link building techniques, link building tactics, and you will come up with a lot of rubbish, um, to be honest. Um, there's a lot of old-fashioned methods. And a lot of what we call black hat methods, methods that you shouldn't, for instance, never pay for a backlink, that, that kind of stuff, because um, it, it will have a, that detrimental impact. It's your, it's your minus impact instead of just your, your zero impact. And um, we want to have positive impact. So there's, there's absolutely tons and tons of bad things to do. Um, but there's, there's, there's lots of like creative, positive things we can do. I mean, Christian's going to come on to it later, I would imagine, to talk about content and, and that sort of stuff. Um, but there's a couple of things that, that we often miss out on in the link building world, and that's broken links. If you've got a website that's been established for a long time, they might not be as relevant to you know one of your launched last year, but say let's say a new website, um, there's going to be stacks of people that have linked previously to your website that those links will now be broken, or there'll be opportunities for you to contact websites that have broken links on them and say, I've got this piece of content. You know, would you? We've got this piece of content that, that matches what you're talking about. Your link's broken. Link here, and there's stacks of those knocking about. And it's a really interesting technique to uh, to kind of get get you um, get some high um, high ranking links back to your website. Um, another tactic that is very important and probably my final one. I don't want to talk much longer. 
is to have a look at your competitors' profile in terms of their links. So I've touched on it earlier that your competition, particularly if you're a challenger brand, your competition will have been there and done that. Now they might have masses of PR and they might do sponsorship and might do all sorts of stuff, but within their profile, there will be opportunities that you can also link back to, that you can also get in touch with, you can also start to form a, a link profile with. So um, the tools we talked about earlier, Ahrefs, uh, SEMrush, start to identify um, link building opportunities through your competition. And there is very little reason why you can't be on a lot of the websites that they're on. Um, if they're on them too. And, and it also gives you a bit of a steer on what sort of content you can create to get on those websites or what sort of content strategy you need to have. <sighs> and I think that's, I guess, yeah. one of those topics you can talk about for hours. But <laughs> you provided a lot of information then, but Sorry. just, just to, no, no, it's really good. I think to <laughs> summarise, I know I've been in a, you know, when I've, I've moved into marketing roles um, and if, the the business wasn't very mature digitally. One of the first things you can do is obviously the technical optimization. The next natural step is to look where the unique product names or service names and the brand names are mentioned elsewhere. And what we're saying there is if we can go out and ask other websites to link back to your website, that shows the search engines that there's far more trust in your website and that's going to boost your search, how relevant they are and natural. If you have a product name, if I'm, I won't name any, but particular trainer types, and they're mentioned something and it links back to that category in that area on the on the site map you mentioned earlier, that's going to boost the visibility of those particular trainers when someone searches for them. So they are very much the, the building blocks for any marketeer who is looking to boost visibility and then i think on top of that once you've got those solid foundations right you're looking as you say the hat the bigger the websites that link back to your pages the more um energy and link juice is a, is a term that's often thrown around that pumps into your pages and boosts you up and i think that's a nice segue um into the changing world of pr mr serizola yeah, thank you. You're right, and it's it's kind of it's it's fascinating, really. We've we've certainly evolved at MediaWorks, where um, sort of Alistair and I almost um, arrive as a bit of a, a double act wherever we go now. It's like sort of feels like a an SEO ant and deck or something. Um, but you know, and, and there's good reason for it. Essentially, that kind of Alistair's talked a lot around kind of some of those those real sort of you know technical elements of that, and and. Myself, having come from a traditional PR background, it's been fascinating to to see the, the evolution over the last couple of years in how some of those that that kind of that, that PR approach is now um, got such um, such great currency, really, in terms of SEO efforts. Because I, I think when you look at it, Google, is increasingly looking for um, as we talked about earlier, you know, quality and authority of of those links rather than it be a a, a quantity thing, um, and and. And, and when we talked about sort of not all votes being equal, some of the, you know, those highest quality sites and the most authoritative in, in Google's eyes are those traditional media sites, the likes of, you know, BBC, The Guardian, The Mail, Telegraph, and so on and so forth. Even now, some, you know, sort of regional publications and, um, you know, trade publications as well that traditionally we might have thought of being quite narrow in their use in a digital environment. Google's actually recognising these as, as kind of really quite important authorities. Um, and so it comes back to it's like, okay, if you if you're you, you know you, you've done all of your technical stuff that you can, and now you want to kind of build organic links, how on earth do we get onto the BBC, the Guardian, the Mail, and various other kind of media sites? And that that's sort of where that PR thinking comes in. So um, I, I think we've we've always been in a, a strong position to think about understanding stories and storytelling, and actually what makes news. And so. Um, when, when we approach this in, 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 in through sort of the, the, the PR lens over, um, you know, a, a, an SEO brief, we, we, we look very often around kind of um, three sort of key areas on, on that around um, creating kind of, you know, interesting conversation. For instance, if there are things going on in your industry um, that actually you've got a voice on, that you've got an opinion on, um, those media sites are going to be potentially be quite interested in, in sort of, um, you know, hearing your views on that. And that that is one, one particular way we can, we can sort of build links. We, we look at some very traditional 
PR methods around sort of looking at evidence-based stuff. So lots of um, questions that we ask now when we're, when we're sort of starting to immerse ourselves in clients are almost sort of PR leading in their nature around, you know, the success of the business and the growth and the expansion, new product launches and services. Because what we've seen actually is that some of these publications that we know um, will, will, will drive quality links back to your site, they're, they're actually looking for, for hard news. Um, so if we can build links into that hard news, then we're, we're, we're onto a winner a little bit. Um, so that, you know, that really helps sort of plot you know, some, some, some strategies and media strategies and content strategies that we're, we're, we're going after. On top of that, as well as sort of the, the evidence stuff and, and you know, the, the opinion forming or the thought leadership and, and shaping conversation is that we look sometimes too at, at kind of what are those brand fame moments, I think. And, and, and PR has that ability too to, to create that sort of big bang moment um, and, and, and making sure that then um, feeds into a, into a digital environment and let that sort of trickle down into... Um, into then again driving kind of you know what those quality links are but that all comes with this in mind around okay if google's viewing kind of these these kind of really really important and it's interesting that kind of some of the most traditional media sites have that the kind of the greatest authority online um how are we going to drive organic um interest and organic link building um into those and very often the answer is around kind of attaching some some pr thinking to it yeah, absolutely. So, and that's, you know, that's around creating interesting content that journalists are going to be interested in, building that content, positioning it, and then you're going to get the link back to your website, which is going to boost your search visibility. But I suppose as well, you're going to, you're going to rank there on these search engines for informational search. And I know myself, I've kind of I think I've been intercepted a little bit. I've been looking for a transactional search term. I mentioned to you both before this call, I've been searching for a barbecue. I was in search. There's a lot of great content out there. And then I was I was actually rooted through my sales journey or my purchase journey through a different, um, a different product. But obviously, there's some amazing content out there. And I think Google's was rewarding. And more types of content, and not just through association, but through the algorithms. Can you explain a little bit more about, um, uh, you know, how you'd approach content strategies for SEO? Yeah, you, you know, you, you touched on a really, really good point there, and it's important to remember that kind of when when, when we talk about content, we are talking about um, you know a really wide range of things, but and it's not just kind of okay, let's, you know, let, let, let's send a release to that publication. I think we've sort of moved beyond that a little bit now. Um, you know, instructional videos, for example, go, go down very, very well if you're, you're in, in certain industries. Um, you know, infographics built around kind of particular data sets and things like that. So really trying to understand kind of what, not only um, what your your target audience is interested in, but actually what your target media really wants to see from you, and, and combining those two things is, is really really important. And when we when we sort of build out content strategies from from, from the off, we, uh, we we do dig deep into sort of audience understanding. So um, you know, tools like YouGov and GWI are, are, are really really useful to. Um, help us understand kind of the, the audience, um, whether that's kind of, you know, their, their behavioural patterns, what they're into, the, where they get their influence from, what their interests are. Because then we can start to build out some, some topical interest and topical relevance. So it might well be that you're, a, you know, a construction company, but if you are particularly strong on, on your sustainability, then there's every chance that we can start looking and, and, and focusing on, on that sustainability element because you've got, um, that position of authority. So um, that, that sort of stuff right from the very outset, we, we, we look at building out kind of content with, with both, um, you know, kind of target audience understanding, target media understanding as well, um, and, and really combining those two to create almost content pillars. So if we have a theme like sustainability, it's, it's thinking about, um, you know, can we talk about, you know, it might be a new, uh, a, a new recruit in a, in a um, you know, in a particular company, or it might well be some instructional videos, it might be case studies that, you, you know, you, you can kind of highlight. So building out that content to make sure you can put it into areas that are, are kind of really receptive to that is, is an important thing. You, you know, you kind of go on and on with this, I think, sort of with, with, with sort of some of those sort of proactive and reactive sort of PR methods, I think, to, you know, really 
um, I guess, getting into understanding the news agenda and, and, and kind of piecing that puzzle together around kind of what makes news, but then making it relevant for, for, for yourselves and, and, and your industry. So, you know, are there particular calendar moments throughout the year where um, it might be that your, you know, your, your product or service has a, 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 an element of seasonality to it, or there are things going on in the diary that you think actually, yes, no, we can, you know, we can, we can add relevance here. Um, is it, you know, the, those data sets? It was, I, I remember a, a conversation we had with a, a, you know, a new client that we were just starting to onboard last week that um, we, we sort of almost didn't realise they were sat on this enormous wealth of data about their industry. Um, and, and that for us now is is going to kind of feed our content, I'm, I'm guessing, for sort of many weeks and months to come because it it looks like a, a, a really rich um, set of data that they've got. So pulling things out like that are really interesting. And you can then start to create, you know, it might be infographics or, um, you know, multimedia packages, reports, white papers, sometimes thinking about what, what are the on-site assets that are, you know, are really that become a really strong and justified way of, of almost ensuring those backlinks are used. I think there is an element that, that kind of some, you know, members of the media and, and people that we talk to are, are, are wise to, um, you know, these SEO practices these days and, and kind of some do see that value in, in the backlink and, and, and kind of so therefore they're making sure that we give them justified reason to, to, to be able to link back to say you can find the full report here um, is, is a really, really useful technique sometimes to, um, to, to, to do that. So a lot of that is, is sort of, um, you know, proactive activity. Um, and then there are obviously sort of reactive things. There are things that happen in the news that we can't possibly predict. Um, Probably this week is, I, I think, the very best um, example of, um, you know, no, well, maybe you could argue that maybe one or two people knew that Will Smith was going to get on stage. Maybe, you know, we don't know. Um, but within that, what we saw really, really quickly was suddenly the, the, the kind of the, the media world was was flooded with requests for um, experts on, on alopecia. We had a health related client who had. Uh, uh, an alopecia expert and um, you know we, we were able to sort of almost hijack kind of you know the, the things that were happening in the news to be able to place that client in a position of, of, of authority um, within the media so that those things are, are, are kind of really they're really interesting because you know in, in essence they're, they're kind of you know they're a lot of fun it's like we all woke up yesterday morning not realizing kind of what had gone on and then very quickly finding out that there, there was potentially relevance for, for our client in, in what had happened at the Oscars. So um, those ways, again, are other ways that you can start looking at kind of placing yourself, um, not just from a, a backlink viewpoint, but we talked about this sort of really early on about kind of the brand visibility um, opportunity that that gives on, on some of these sites that, you know, have huge, huge numbers. Yeah, so like, I, I, that's one thing. I think we gravitate towards... Uh, search engine optimization for the funnel and it's like you know you've got potential customers out there with intent and you need to optimize for that you know and i think that's naturally where we where we go backlinking is going to drive you up that that funnel but i saw a stat last week where i think 51 percent of searches are more than four more words uh, four or more words you know and i think about how i use search now it's everything from like you know navigation how to get somewhere i'll start in the search engine i might try to be getting to the shop and then i'll naturally go through the reviews it's it's this it's this web of content now that's all interlinking and i think the content that you're talking about you can talk about existing customers you know i think we talked about that in the first couple of points in the funnel but you can go out there and find new audiences with the content um with topical content, with news content, with informational content to educate uh, new audiences about some of the topics that uh, are in your marketplace with the added benefit of getting links built back in. And I think, you know, if you can make interesting content that uh, is targeted at the personas, the type of buyers that you have and link that back, that's kind of your... You double bubble, as you'd say, you get double benefit from that, don't you? Um, so that, that that's all really good stuff. So we've talked about benchmarking. We've talked about technical optimization. We've then talked about the different programs that you can initiate to help increase your visibility. And then some of the content creation there, um, Christian, that you've talked about, uh, create these like high quality links 
relevant links back to the content on your web pages. So how do we how do we bring this branding together, these search rankings together to to dominate your online marketplace or environment for 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 businesses out there? Yeah, well, I think it's it's sort of a a bit of a combination of of, of both of these, really. I think certainly from a you know a digital point of view, we 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 all know, um, as as you said right at the very top there, Chris, how important it is now to have a strong presence online. Um, and 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 when you look kind of just you know, I know we've been in some exceptional circumstances over the last couple of years, which have no doubt they've accelerated it. But you look at kind of what might be considered those traditional sort of media titles, um, and their you know their readership online is absolutely soaring. Um, and you know, you look at some of the stats for, for some of these kind of a lot of the kind of the big reach titles. So um, Mirror, for example, uh, Date Star, The Express, um, a lot of the, the kind of the big kind of regional uh, regional publications as well. Um, you know, they're up something like twenty or thirty percent in, in, in terms of readers. And so, you, you, it, it, it's it's no surprise to understand that kind of these guys are now getting eyeballs online. And it's fascinating to see. Um, you know, the way they're going now and the way they're moving and the way almost they're incentivizing, um, you know, their own editorial staff on some of them is, is, is you know, in the industry, considered quite controversial. But Reach, for example, there are, you know, there's all sorts of talks about sort of, you know, um, league tables on their stories and, and kind of, um, you know, who, which journalists can, can kind of, you know, grab the most eyeballs. So they're, they're becoming quite scientific about kind of what grabs eyeballs. Um, and, and so, you know, in, in the old PR world, we would have thought about sort of creativity driving column inches. And now we're, you know, we're, we're sort of, we've got this um, wonderful capability of measuring kind of everything in the digital space. So even if it is a, you know, a real world event or launch, um, you know, some of those traditional PR tactics, we, we, we can absolutely start to watch how that then works in the digital environment and in that digital space. Um, so, you know, we, we, we talked about this right up the top as well, checking, you know, movements in brand search. We can see kind of if there is a particular publication that drives, um, you know, spikes in website visits and, and, and kind of even right the way down to, to sort of, you know, sales data or inquiry. Um, you know, we, we can, we've got that ability now to really track all of this stuff. So um, knowing how all this can can link with with, with sort of, you know, the, with the very smart SEO minds of, of Alistair and I, absolutely start to gravitate towards your parties now, Alistair. Um, it, it's kind of, you, you get to this position where adding this sort of creativity to the, that technical ability, and you can see completely how um, it, it sort of becomes almost impossible to unpick the two because they, they sit so well together. Yeah, so sorry, my my part on that, just, just to pick up on that, uh, I was reading an article last night and they're doing some... Um, local search stuff in uh, in the states that tr- google's trialing the local local rags appearing m- higher up in searches than, than the nationwide stuff so it's also worth keeping keeping your content in in your, your local press as well because uh, google's kind of honing in on that as well so it's really useful i think for me um with all this to, to dominate really you, you can't panic with, with seo it's not something you switch on today and it happens tomorrow or straight away or even next week it, it takes time you've got to once you've got your simple stuff right your brilliant basics once that's once that's done and you've just got to trust the process um because you're halfway there already so you you you've just got to be patient with it all it's it's really important that you don't like pivot in a different direction just because after a couple of weeks certain keywords aren't ranking so success for for me might look like oh we've taken you from page nine for a certain set of keywords or the, you know that kind of area nine seven eight nine something like that and then moved it to, to page three or four and that's done within a couple of months so we know we're heading in the right direction we know what what we're doing is working and then we just need to keep doing it in order for us to get you know, get that real estate onto page one or, or very close to page one. Um, so it's don't panic. Patience is the real key to a lot of this kind of, I guess, the more traditional SEO stuff. It's, it's to not panic. Whereas, whereas the stuff Christian's team will kind of do is very almost planned reactivity. Uh, the stuff that we're doing is very uh, kind of very matter of fact. We, you know, it hasn't really changed over the years you know we don't really need to reinvent anything so just remain patient with what you're doing and you will see the success come eventually well that's great Alistair and, and Christian Alistair thank you very much I think we've come to the, the sort of end of the the session there it's been really interesting to hear you know the 
the technical SEO, the 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 sort of core SEO mixed in with the the new digital PR and how these words are are coming together for optimization. So thank you very much for that, and thank you for everyone attending. Just to quickly um, to wrap up uh, with an offer, I suppose if anyone's interested in a SEO audit of the website or a, a PR audit uh, or both. Um, to bring together those two worlds, please get in contact with us. I'm sure we can we'll arrange that for you. I suppose just to summarise the, the the big takeaways from this session um, and summarise what Alistair and Christian have said there, I suppose the first one is benchmark your existing performance, um, your competitors, uh, where you are on search. It's a great way to start so you know um, where to focus on and the progress that you've made. The second part of it is technically optimize your website. Uh, there's a lot of tools Alistair mentioned there, and the recording will be available on the podcast to go back to, but Ahrefs, et cetera, make sure that you, you kind of have a look at that. Search metrics, I think, was mentioned too. Um, that's number two. And then um, the third part of it, plan a program of initiatives to improve your performance and focus on where you're going to, you, you're going to improve and, and, and tackle. The fourth is that content side. If you've got the right content in the right place, uh, in your marketplace, is it interesting? Can you leverage large domain authority sites to sort of quickly boost your search? Um, and I suppose that's what Christian was covering earlier. And think about your media targets when you, when you produce content content think about interest and interest and relevance and i think just to summarize alistair's point there you know stay patient it's a it's a marathon not a sprint and uh, is seo so focusing on that um is, is is the best way i think we might have had a couple of questions last minute in the chat but we'll pick that up separately and uh, just for everyone attending thank you very much uh we'll see you at the same time um next week